Let's stand together for worship.
is our first time to host this event, and you know why? We have a parking lot now. That's right. So if you don't know what Trunk or Treat is, it is, our goal is 50 cars. So lining up the parking lot with trunks open and decorated with a theme, people in costume with a theme, and kids going from trunk to trunk in a trick-or-treat-like fashion. And so this is an event for our entire church. So if you're an empty nester, you and your spouse can get together with some friends and create a trunk and a theme. If you are single and in your 20s, you can grab a friend and decorate a trunk and a theme because there will be prizes for best decorated trunk. And the more trunks, the more kids we could reach because not only can we use this building to offer a trunk or treat, but this is a tool. God has gifted us with this place to reach our neighborhood and the city of Tampa. And so this is going to be one of our first really big events where we can invite the neighbors. So kids who live right across the street from here who have no idea that they are loved by Jesus can walk through our parking lot, have a blast trick-or-treating, and then maybe that'll be the first foot in the door for them to come into this place and have life transformation take place in their family. So we want you to be a part of it. We, what we need from you, we need you to register online that you're going to decorate a trunk. We need candy, lots of candy, because there's going to be a lot of kids. We're going to have a big box here where every Sunday, beginning next week, you can drop off your candy. And then the last thing I wanted you to know is our partnership with Created is going to come to life that night. Created Cuisine is going to be here on campus cooking dinners for us so you can purchase a dinner for yourself or your kids. Uh, pasta dinner. We're just so excited about this event. So please put it on your calendar and we can't wait. I'm going to be up here for a little bit longer. I got a couple other things to go through. So <laughs> welcome this morning. We're so glad you're here. Um, if you're new, this is the thing I want you to know about First Pres. We are crystal clear about our mission. We are Jesus people and we want to reach the city of Tampa for Jesus. We want people who don't know they're loved to come to find out that they are loved by the God of the universe. And the way that that takes place is through relationship. We believe that us loving each other and us loving our community through things like trunk or treat, through things like pajama jam this Friday night, through Sunday morning worship, through life groups, we believe that lives change and that people come to know who God created them to be. So if you're new, we'd love to meet you. You can fill out a connect card by scanning the QR code. You can fill out a paper one um, and place it in the back in our generosity box where you can also find flyers for Trunk or Treat back there. So let me pray for us this morning. God, thank you so much. Um, gosh, that you're such a big God who loves us so much and that you, um, you gifted us with this place. One year ago tomorrow, on September 12th, we spent our last Sunday morning at Zach Street with a big celebration, God. We went through the wilderness at Rice, and then we landed here, our promised land, God, at Horatio Street. And so I'm just so thankful for the things that you've done over this past year and the years leading up to bringing us to this place. And God, I pray for all the details that are going on right now with permitting with the city and with the builders as we begin uh, to build the second half of our property, Jesus. I just um, thank you for every single man and woman who has poured countless hours and energy into making this building possible. But God, most of all, I thank you that you gifted it to us and that you're going to use it as a tool to help more people know that you're loved. God, we also think about the fact that today is September 11th. Lord, that 21 years ago, uh, when our nation was just horrifically attacked, Jesus, we just, we're never going to stop remembering that day, and we're never going to stop praying for the families who were impacted. 
right here in our own church family, Lord, uh, people who suffered deep loss that day. God, we lift those people up to you. We just pray for your love and your comfort for them. God, we praise you for um, Caroline Kale, who had a really scary week with her asthma, Jesus. I'm so grateful that she is home and well and healing, and we thank you for Katie and Chris and um, their dependence on you, Jesus. Lord, we lift up to you um, friends of ours who are in need and are sick. We pray for Jamie Atkinson. We pray for um, continued healing for Barry Spofford for his uh, knee replacement surgery. And Lord, we always pray for our dear friend Daphne. We just think you would draw near to her today. God, we love you. Amen. A little bit more of me. No, one more thing. Still here. Um, Kathy's out of town, okay? No. So, um, so every week we get up here and we talk about giving back to God. And I had this moment this week where I was um, filling up my water bottle. I was getting ready for the day. And apparently I didn't pay close enough attention when we did the ruthless elimination of hurry because I was in a hurry. And so I'm filling up my water bottle. And I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm, like, looking around the kitchen. I don't know if I'm, like, looking for my keys or my phone or something, but I'm already on to the next step. And guess what happens as I'm filling up? Overflow. Water on my arm, on my sleeve, onto my pants, puddle at my floor. Like, I was quick, right? I was quick on that reaction time, but somehow it made a giant splash. I want that visual to help you think about the way that God pours his love into you, that he pours it up to the brim, and we cannot help but make a splash around us, an overflow around us. And so when we talk about every week, we talk about generosity. The reason why we can be generous people is because we have been filled up to the brim by the God of the universe. And our extrava his extravagant love flows over, and we can give extravagant love to those around us. So with our time, with our energy, with our heart, and with our financial resources, we get to do that. And so uh, thank you for partnering with First Pres. We promise to make a big splash with your finances if you entrust them to us. So here are six ways that you can give. Um, we're just so grateful for you. Thanks. All right, let's stand together.
Although we are capable of great acts of kindness, history teaches us that we sometimes need saving from ourselves, from our recklessness or our greed. God sent into the world a unique person, neither a philosopher nor a general, important as though they are, but a savior with the power to forgive. These are the, late, the words of the now late Queen Elizabeth, someone who experienced a very unique world with power, fame, and fortune, as well as an awareness of her own heart and her need for someone greater than her to take away her sin. Friends, isn't it wonderful to know that the love and greatness of God that can rescue royalty rescues you and I? Let's sing together.
We're doing things a little bit different this morning. How about that? This is going to be awesome. We are at the first of four Sundays in a row where we're highlighting mission or ministry that's taking place that we're a part of. The one we're doing today, we call it Matthew 25. I'm going to tell you why we call it Matthew 25 in just a second. But the, And these four folks are a part of Matthew 25. But we're going to talk about kids who are at risk in Tampa and the ministry of young life, urban young life. We're going to talk about women who are trafficked and the ministry called Created. And we're going to talk about Door of Hope and the, the need for foster families, Christian foster families. But today, Matthew 25. So here with me, Dana, our, their names are going to be up. Here we go. Dana Andrews, Mike Kander, Peggy Kander, Roger, Roger Pierce. And these four people are deeply, deeply involved with everything they have in what we call Matthew 25. So let me tell you why we call it Matthew 25. And when I finish, their names are going to come back up and you're going to hear from them. You're going to like this. Matthew 25 is, means the Gospel of Matthew, the 25th chapter, verses 31 through 46. So you may have known that, but if you didn't know that, that's okay. Now what I'm going to do is read it for you as you read along with me. What I want you to hear is the heart of the king of the universe. I think McLean called it extravagant love. Here it is, friends, extravagant love. Watch this. I'll read it for us. I'll say a couple of things, and then we're going to hear from these folks. 
When the Son of Man, a reference Jesus uses, the most frequent way he describes himself. This is a parable being told by Jesus, and he calls himself the Son of Man. That's the most frequently occurring way of self-reference with Jesus. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, that is, when he puts all the universe back together again and makes it right, it's coming, friends. And all, all the angels with him, he will sit on the, his glorious throne, and all the nations, everybody will be gathered before him the universe, and he will separate the people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say, he's now calling himself king. He went from son of man to king. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hunger, hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it for me. Extravagant love. Then he will say the king will to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was, I was just getting stunned. I moved. I didn't know that was going to happen, just reading it. Um, where was I? Yeah. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? And he will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life, the extravagant love of God, the unbelievable heart. And there it is in Matthew 25. Jesus is serious about loving people. He loves us. He loves everybody. So here's a way that I want to capture it for you. When we talk about being followers of Jesus, here's how we can capture sort of the marching orders. And it, it, this is like you could take a, your phone out and take a picture of this. This is tweetable. You ready? <laughs> here's what we do. In one hand, we give the bread of life, capital B, capital L. Jesus refers to himself, John chapter 6, I am the bread of life. In one hand, we give the bread of life. With the other hand, we give bread needed for life. It's not either or. Friends, that's what we get to do. We are get to be splashing out into our community. And Matthew 25 is one of the ways we do it. So the names are going to come back up of these great people. And I'm just going to start with you, Dana. 
here's, here's what we're doing, Dana, everybody up here. You see that number up there, 933? <laughs> we're going to go hard, and you, guys, <laughs> and you guys just talk all you want to. I have, we have invited them, Kathy and I have invited them to talk about their heart. What, what we do is feed people and give them clothes and medical care and stuff like that. We don't want to talk so much about what we do. I want you to hear them about the why. Why did they do it? And they have, they have stories about people. Their hearts break regularly because of the difficulty of what they do. So, Dana, why don't, why don't you just get started? And I'm just going to feel free. Oh, we have to have a mic. That's right. Trust me, I don't need a mic. Yes, you do. <laughs> you do because you're online as well. Oh, um, good morning. My name's Dana Andrews. And first of all, I have to say Maria Anthony now is in the back row. Uh, hi, Maria. <laughs> and it was actually about eight years ago that I saw her talk about Matthew 25 at First Pres, and that's what got me started. But what I have to say is that I'm up here in honor of my mother. This is the anniversary of her death a year ago. And she talked about two words that she wanted her children to have, empathy and graciousness. And truly, I'm not up here to talk about a bells and whistles story of someone I've seen succeed in life that I've been serving on Saturday mornings. What it's about is connecting with that person as a human being. They are walked by every day. The touch, looking them in the eye, asking them how their week was. Their week was probably pretty crappy, but just to ask them. Think about on Saturdays, they have a choice, a choice of food, a choice of clothes. They never have a choice. And so for me, again, Yes, my mom, you know, wanted me to do well in my career, et cetera. But those two words, you can make a difference just a couple of hours on a Saturday morning. Or if that's not your thing, I obviously have the gift of gab, but I'm not a cook. And so other people drop off a casserole, sandwiches. But I'm telling you, I see these people on the street now. I'm very protective. Um, and they, I stop my car when you see them on the corner. Again, it's about making a connection. That is what this is about. They are, they are gracious back. They see God's love working through the people who volunteer. Just trust me on that, and it will truly make a difference. And Mom, you did good. Dana, I'm going to let you recover. I'm going to ask you a, a question in a few minutes. But I, 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 by the way, I get the right to ask follow-up questions. And he didn't know that about my mom. I did not. Roger Pierce is also deeply invested in, in his heart, in his faith, with folks who are hungry and homeless. And so he's going to, whatever Roger's going to tell you. I guess I'll, I'll start. Hi, everyone. Uh, I guess I'll start with the, uh, the why as well. Um, I can tell you that this ministry has uh, truly, like, from a selfish perspective, really changed my life. Uh, I, I guess I don't know how long it's been, five, six years or something like that. I was looking for a way to get engaged with the church, and this was back on Zach Street, and I filled out a uh, Connect card in a few, and I said, I'm interested in, in serving with something, and that week they happened to be talking about uh, Matthew 25, so I wrote that down as an option, and then I got a call from, uh, I think, Kathy that week, and uh, she told me to go find Mike Canner, so thank you, Mike, <laughs> and I, I went and found him that Saturday morning, and uh, they put me on bathrooms, and that was... Uh, <laughs> That was my job for, I don't know, the first year that I, uh, I worked with the ministry. I, I worked bathroom duty. I got to snake the toilets. I got to uh, clean out all the kind of stuff. It was awesome. And I, you know what? It truly was life-giving, <laughs> cleaning the toilets. You wouldn't believe it, but it, it really was. And uh, I think the biggest thing is, like, you, you get in there, and 
you know, you forget about everything you've got going on for the week, and you just, you're with these people, and these, these people are, they're just exactly the same as us. Um, they have, some of them came from, you know, prominent families, and they've just had downturns of luck. Some of them have struggled their whole lives, and some of them have been on the street for 20 plus years, and uh, anyway, just connecting with these people and seeing what they're going through on a weekly basis, I mean, it just, it changes everything, like, about you to your core. Um, you just become so much more appreciative of everything you have, and uh, and you just want to give love to these people. I mean, I've during the pandemic a couple of years ago, I was really struggling personally with like my career and just like how I wanted to do more for for God and for like you know making an impact in the world and other places. And uh, thank you for this last, last series. I feel like I can do that through my job now. But uh, I'll tell you during that time, like. I feel so centered when I walk in on a Saturday morning. Like there's, I, outside of my family and my role as a husband and a father, I just know that I'm supposed to be there. And I know that like this is my call is to be in there. And I, you know, I, I smile, I love, I hug. And it like, it just comes so naturally in that setting. And you just want to get out there and work as hard as you can and serve to these people because they are going through it and they need your help. So that's, that's why I do it. And it's been incredibly impactful to me. Roger, I'm probably going to have a follow-up question for you too, but not yet. So now <laughs> now comes now comes Peg, Peggy and Mike Cantor and Peggy is going to speak first. So they're the they're the heart and soul of the patriarch and matriarch. And I don't I don't as long as I can remember, this is my 25th year we started and you guys named it Matthew 25 and we started a long time ago. We're we're well we're into we're in the third decade of doing this. And our church has had a history of serving homeless and hungry people pre, 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 pre before that. But here it is, Matthew 25. And Mike and Peggy, just l literally, just for year after year after year after year after year, and they are keenly aware of the least of these and how important it is to love God with the extravagant love that is overflowing out of our, what we have received. So Peggy's going to talk first. And Peggy, whatever you want to say, speak from your heart, my sister, have at it exactly what to say. Part of it, I feel good because I do believe I'm trying to follow Jesus's uh, call. But And then on the administrative side, I'm also giving the opportunity for others more easily to jump in and do something. Mm. And that makes me feel good as well. Um, and connecting with our guests we decided we mostly wear name tags. The volunteers wear name tags and the guests wear name tags. So you can call somebody by his name. And I, I just think that's an important thing. Of course, I can't remember the people's names. So that's <laughs> <laughs> partly why I do it as well. Um, but I get to love both the guests we serve and the volunteers who come to us. That has been about the greatest joy for me, mm. is to meet all these fabulous people who come and want to stand alongside us and serve. Uh, yesterday, I attended a going away party for one of our volunteers. And she said that that was a surprise to her, is because she wanted to serve. And then she <laughs> found all the friends she was serving with, people come when they fall in love with the program, they come 
time after time, and they get to be a real team. And I, I love to see that that happens as well. And I was going to mention one of uh, the people I've worked with, her name is Kelly, and during COVID, she was an older woman, and I wanted to try to help her. And I got her a place at Metropolitan Ministries. So she lived there and worked from there for, I guess, about two years. But then something happened. You always think, well, their life is so hard. I want to make, I want to get them off the street. And so that's what we were trying to do. And then she was in riding in a car and had an automobile accident. And now she can't stand up, and she's a cook and a baker, and she can't work anymore. So now she's back looking for where she can stay because she can't pay for her apartment. And um, that's one of the reasons we opened our second team of volunteers. We volunteer on Zach Street, and we volunteer at uh, Tampa Hope, which is um, dedicated to trying to get people into permanent housing. And we, you know, we'd love for that to happen, to change people's lives. But you find out when you're interacting with folks is how many difficulties they run into. They don't have the resources that we have. You know, they just, just can't deal with as many problems as we have. Peggy, I'm going to ask follow-up questions of you also. <laughs> this is Mike Cantor. Peggy Cantor and Mike have been doing this together for a long time. And the, again, I've re referred to them as the matriarch and patriarch. And Peggy, that was just beautiful the way you talked about loving on the volunteers as well. And again, Maria is back here. We, we've, we stopped at four. Maria, you could also just as easily be here uh, talking and because uh, your heart is just as big. Mike, have at it. Tell us what you got for us. Thanks, folks. It's good to be here. It's been a long time. Uh, we won't go into all the reasons why, but in any event, um, I've been thinking all week about how I was going to couch this, and I'm not sure I still have it down right, but uh, when you read the scripture that, that Fitz had up there, the basic idea is not hard to understand, but it's the doing it, and it's the following through. All of us that serve, we're all trying real hard to be sheep as opposed to goats. <laughs> <laughs> and do right by these people. Uh, and we, uh, some can be helped. And there, are, there have been success stories where we've gotten people off the street and helped them find employment and helped them find housing but it's not easy, and a lot of times it's the guest who doesn't make it easy. They make poor choices, or sometimes it's just rotten circumstances they're in, just like what Peggy described with Kelly. Um, and it's just, it's very hard to know who you can really move forward and who's gonna stay on the street. At, at, as, as has been described here, we've, we've kind of divided our Matthew 25 ministry into, into two different segments now. We have what uh, Francesca Michelini is, is leading, which continues to be serving predominantly with the street people. 
and we know most of those people are not gonna change much from what they have right now. But after thrashing around for over two years trying to find a place for uh, the remainder of the ministry to be, we finally struck a relationship with Tampa Hope, which is part of Catholic Charities, and we've been at that now for about six months, and that's going well. And the reason we, we decided to go with Tampa Hope is it's part of something much bigger than we, First Pres Matthew 25, were ever going to be able to, to develop on our own. They have temporary housing. They have modular, they will have modular housing in the near future. And they have, uh, and they ultimately will have permanent housing. And one of the requirements to be in temp Tampa Hope is that you're actively seeking employment. And it's not a great, um, it's not like everybody walks into the sunset happily ever after. <laughs> Some of these people make it, many don't. But we doing, we're doing our best to help them. And I can tell you from the feedback we get from the guests, they really do appreciate what we're doing. And they know that we care and we make it a very important part to visit with these folks. Uh, we have some, some volunteers who are great visitors and uh, we just do the best we can do. I'm gonna talk about one person. He, he's been a source of frustration and disappointment to me over the years. But this is a guy, some of, some of you here in this room know him as Al. His real name is Chris. And Chris grew up in suburban Chicago in a, in a very middle class home. Uh, his father was a copywriter with one of the ad, ad agencies in Chicago. I've, I've actually met his father, Rich. Um, Chris had a long career as an over the road truck driver and made very good money and had a home and had a marriage but unfortunately he also has a drinking problem and he was stopped one night for drunk driving and was ticketed and as a result of that, he lost his, his uh, license to, to drive trucks. And that was 10 plus years ago, he was still in Chicago at the time. He ultimately came to, to Tampa. Um, I'm still not clear on the reasons why, but we found him. And I've had a special relationship with Chris ever since, hoping that things would get better. Uh, he can stop drinking when he chooses to. Uh, and he makes enough, he, he brings in enough income from disability that he has sort of a life some of the time. He can uh, afford some nights at the Tampa 8 Motel, which is a motel off of I-4 that none of us would ever stay in, but this is a guy who just can't quite get himself together to find work, although he does have the capability. He's not, he's not a kid anymore, he's late 50s, and he does have some ailments and difficulties, 
But I still stand by them. We still get together. We talk on the phone. We have lunch occasionally. And I'm never going to give up on Chris. Hmm. Um, I mean, this is it, it's an incredible story. Uh, he's got a sister. I don't know how many of you are from around the Chicago area, but he's got a sister who's a, a successful attorney. She and her husband live on Chicago's North Shore. That's the most affluent part of Chicago. Um, his father, who I've met, get this, he's a first cousin of Mike Shusevsky, Sh the recently retired uh, head coach of the, of the Duke basketball team. That means Chris is a second cousin. They have been to all of Mike's daughter's weddings. They know Mickey. I mean, it, it's just amazing, uh, you know, the heritage he's come from. Uh, a hardworking uh, Polish family from Chicago. And for years, Chris was a hard worker, making his way in life. And then through a bad decision, he just cratered. And uh, it, it's not a great story. But I stand by him, and uh, all of us stand by him, and we want to see him do better. I don't know that he ever will, but uh, we're doing our best to help. Mm. Uh, I've probably rambled on enough. I, so, I, Fitz, you, no, Mike, you, you've got Mike, we questions. Don't, we don't want you to give up on him. Well, and, That's and very I powerful. I yeah. won't. But thank and, you very much. And my follow-up question is really for each of you, and this is you knew this was coming already. I wondered, uh, one of the things that happened as we were chatting is each of them said, I don't have any success stories, really. And I, that doesn't matter. You, you know that. that he, to hear Mike say, I'm not giving up, that's, that's what matters. God has not given up on you either. Peggy and or Roger and or Dana, let, here, using first names only, because we don't need to know any more. Do we, we I'd love to hear about a person who you care about by name and just a few details about his or her life. And Peggy, will, if you, well, you have the mic if you are willing to do it. Well, I, I talked about Kelly and Eric, and, and she has been with us for many years. Is it still it, on? It's on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the, people um, online, the people online need you to keep it close yeah. so you, you, they um, can hear. What I, my, my point was I have come to the realization that I'm not going to change people's lives. What I'm called to do is give them a little sunshine, a little window of, of time where they feel like they are loved and appreciated and not judged. Mm. And that's pretty much mm. my role. And, and Peggy, is this, is this Kelly, is she the woman whose husband died of cancer? Uh, not husband, boyfriend, whatever. Is that is there was a there was a man who died of cancer whose name escapes me? No. No, different no, Kelly. No, she's she's just somebody I met okay. Um, okay. during in the COVID time. Oh, okay. When we were down every day. Yeah. And they were. She's a hard worker. She's a hard yeah. worker. Hey, Mike, Mike, you got to speak, Mike. Mike, you have to use the microphone so okay. the online people uh, can hear. Kelly has got a big heart. She has helped others that are on the street, and she is a hard worker. She wants to work. Uh, it's just she's in horrible circumstances, and she just can't catch a good break uh, yeah. is, is the bottom line. Tell us about a friend, Roger, if you, if you want to. We'd love to know somebody. Sure. Just, yeah. So they, they sent that question out to us earlier this week, and my first response was like, ugh, because 
I do like, I'm the guy cleaning the toilets. <laughs> I'm the guy setting up tables. I don't like, I'm, I'm kind of like a worker mule there. I don't get as much time to interact with the guests and stuff. Um, and like, I was, I almost wrote an email back to Fitz and Kathy and was like, I'm not gonna, don't ask me that question because <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to answer that question like the rest of the folks up here. <laughs> That's good to know. So like, I'm glad I, and I didn't send it for whatever reason. And, uh, and then just yesterday we were blessed. Like I, and don't get me wrong. I have relationships. I've built a lot of relationships over the years. Some of them I don't see anymore because I'm at uh, Tampa Hope now and I miss my people that are still out on the streets. Um, but I have new relationships and, uh, like there's this guy, Limo, at Tampa Hope, and Limo is like, he's a Latino guy, he's probably, I don't know, in his 60s, early 70s, and he, uh, he has like a bag attached to him, he's dealing with like a pretty advanced cancer, and uh, like I'm just, I see him every week, and he is the most cheerful, joyful, like he is giving everyone their life, he's giving me life every week, there's another guy, Carl, who's dealing with cancer, who, uh, who does like, hands out the medications there, he cleans the grounds, he like, He's giving back to the community there, and that's just really powerful to me. And yesterday we were blessed with all these volunteers, and I got to, so I just took the advantage. I was like, well, I better go talk to somebody. So <laughs> I, I sat down next to this guy. I don't know why I sat down next to him, because I thought I would go sit next to Limo or one of these guys I know better, um, but I didn't. And I, I sat down next to somebody I'd never seen before, and his name was Elijah, and he was just in there for two days so far, and he has been out of prison for two weeks. Um, and a lot's happened in those two weeks, but he, um, I, I just asked him about himself. He just poured out to me, like, it, you know, we sat and we visited. You saw me visit with him for, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes yesterday, and in those 15 or 20 minutes, I feel like I know the guy pretty well now. He was in the food service industry for 27 years, raised in a military family. His uh, mother was, his father's from Georgia. His mother's from uh, Plant City and had strawberry farms and stuff, so he grew up working those farms. Um, and, uh, you know, he just, uh, he made a bad decision. 27 years in the food service industry as, like, a trained chef or stuff. Uh, probably more line prep and stuff like that. But he made a bad decision, and he went to prison, and he was just so positive about it all and saying, like, this is where I'm supposed to be. You know, and he was deep, deep in his faith. Um, this guy was a, a Jesus person, and he told me, like, he went to uh, Georgia I'll try to be quick because I know we're running out of time. But he went to Georgia well, good. last week for a funeral. His, his nephew had passed away, and uh, his family's all still in Georgia. And much like Al, I mean, maybe not the same level of uh, affluence or whatever, but they, they're all pretty well off. His two brothers are pastors, and his sister is, like, a businesswoman. And she lives with his father, who's 92, and he showed me pictures of his dad. Like, he, he just went for it. And that just shows you, like, the opportunity that you have. Like, you sit down with these people, and people don't do that with these folks every day, you know, or it's very rare. And I think they're so appreciative of what we do on Saturday mornings because we, we treat them like human beings because they are. They're no different than us. And uh, what was so impactful to me was he said that his family wanted him to stay in Georgia after this funeral and to and just to take care of him, to help him get back on his feet. And uh, he told me that he, he prayed over it, and he, the next day he told him, I've got to go back to Tampa because I'm just feeling like the Lord wants me here. The Lord wants me to breathe into this this community of people on the street and that's elijah and i i was just so moved and i asked if i could pray over him and his next steps and he just reached out his hand and we both held both of our hands and we sat there and prayed and it was it was just moving and i was like i was taken to another place um i could tell the spirit was working through this man and he's going to be in that tent city and he's going to be telling people about jesus and trying to encourage people and uh anyway that's elijah so that's, a, that's awesome. Dana? 
for me, I'm uh, where the location where our, I served is back where First Pres was. So we're literally on the street. Metropolitan Ministries, because we're on the street, they don't provide the food. People bring food. So again, that's a way to serve that um, I was sharing. But I've gotten to know. You're, she's recruiting. <laughs> and all you have to do is go to the website and you can sign up. Yeah. And, um, and trust me, I've never even signed up. Um, just come, be there, bring the food, it's good. Uh, or if you have the gift of gab, come and do that. Uh, or the gift of hugs, I am a hugger. I mean, I, I was not joking, but somewhat with Fitz, I was telling him that during COVID, you know, people would say to me, you're still serving the homeless during COVID? I go, really? People have been six feet away from those people their entire life. They're the safest ones here. I mean, amen. Um, <laughs> So um, for me, I have gotten to know so many of them uh, by name. One of them is a jazz singer named Angel. He'll sing to me if we want, if I want him to. Another guy, he was in radio. As soon as you hear his voice, you know that guy was in radio. But a dear friend of ours, uh, Robert. Robert is very loyal. He calls every Friday to let me know whether or not he's going to be there on Saturday. And what's funny is my husband and I, we can be at a cocktail party. I can be visiting, you know, my family in Jacksonville, and the phone will ring. And I'm like, oh, hey, Robert, you know, whatever. And everybody's going, who's she's talking to? And Robert's like, oh, one of her homeless friends. Um, <laughs> but, again, that he feels so comfortable to call and to check in. And another thing, just that I'll let you know how gracious these people are. I was sharing yesterday, we probably had 150 guests lined up down the block, hot, sweating, dirty clothes, etc. I said, look at a line at a register at Nordstrom at Christmas time and see how gracious those people would be compared to these. Mm. And so I'm telling you, they will impact your life. Like Roger said, it's a blessing for me. It has changed me. And so you know, if you have the opportunity, I would encourage you to come. It really can make an impact. And just think about the two words that my mother taught, graciousness and empathy. That is all you need to have a heart for service. Wow. I want you to know that these folks are going to do this again for the next worship service at 1030. So the, not only are they serving, they're serving. If, you know, so that, thank you. Thank you. That was just awesome. I want to close the sale, though. So if you're in a life group, you can go sign up and do it as a group. If you have buddies you play golf with or you work out with, it, you can do it. If you have people in your office, you can go do this together as a, as a project. Your boss will love it if you volunteer time. You may even get paid to do that on purpose. And if you have children, I'm, I have, I've written down notes of families that, who are part of our church who, this is not everybody, just some people who take their children, seven years old and older, it's totally fine to go to downtown to Zach Street and to City of Hope, both. It's okay, so, so grandson Walt, seven years old, went with Kathy uh, three weeks ago. Laura Withrow has raised Alden and Caroline serving, has she not? Kathy and Tyler Hill raised JT and Sarah Hill serving. Right now today, Lorelai and Charlie go with Roger. They're nine and seven, right? I'm like, how am I doing? I'm not even looking at my notes. 
<laughs> so it's so it's a Francesca Michelini raised Valentina and Nicholas, and you've seen Nicholas, who's now a, a young man in college, but he's the person who's doing the bicycles. He's still down there, but he started when he was this big, as did his sister uh, Valentina. I will, I will look now to see if I've left anyone out. I got all the notes I made of people. Maria has been there her whole li the whole life, and her children know. That. So sign up, go. Don't even sign up, just show up. <laughs> And um, I'm going to pray, and, and we're going to be out of here. Please pray with me. We thank you, gracious God, that your love is extravagant, and your love overflows from us, and we just sense not only does it overflow when we give ourselves away, as these folks talked about, next thing we know, we start loving ourselves and you more, and we love people more. So it's in this act of serving that love sort of comes into us. And so we bring to these people as has been so poignantly and powerfully illustrated, we bring them Jesus himself, the bread of life, but we also bring them bread that's needed for life. And that means a lot of things. It means a listening ear. It means a hug. It means compassion. It means knowing people's names and caring about their stories. And it also means medical care and food and clothes. Gracious God, these folks are hungry. They're lonely. Many of them are depressed or fighting depression. They're scared. They're mixed up. Some of them have just made bad decisions. And we thank you that we get to be a part of it. And we thank you, gracious God, for the diversity of gifts represented by these people here talking about what they do. We celebrate your goodness in the name of Jesus, the King, who loves the last, the least, the lost, the lonely, and the left out. We want to be sheep. We don't want to be goats. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, the band's going to play a little music, and I invite you to visit with these people. and. The session members, we're on in 10 minutes. Thank you for allowing us to tell our story. And you get to tell it again. Yeah.